Hello and welcome to the County Line, discussions of party politics from the Washoe County Republican Party. Need like a little smile fix that. <laughs> That's an alpaca you know. It's like, so I just had, I just had breakfast. Oh my God, so. <laughs> look at the smile. Like, I think I need to make that my screenshot. It's just too, too cute. Uh, that's really good. Anyway. What's your alpaca friend's name? Uh, Jason, Jason Guinasso. He's actually a, a lawyer who advocates on, um, successfully advocated for the churches. Uh, wow, that's an impressive the, alpaca. Yeah, impressive alpaca. But he he suggest, he successfully um, argued before the Ninth District um, on the religious liberties protection for the um, the COVID mandates on, to keep them open. Know, right to keep churches open. So he he was the representing lawyer on the the case that eventually got appealed. Um, I believe that went all the way. Er, and I, I think his case might have gotten dismissed, but he joined in on a few other cases that eventually demonstrated that the COVID mandates were a violation of you know the First Amendment right to to gather in religious freedom. And so it was a it was a win for religious liberty. And he's also been, a lawyer who's uh, defended um, certain cases, pro-life cases in sure. court, and successfully. So he might be a good person to have on. That would be a good time. Yeah. Um, I I can certainly applaud him for that because as I watched COVID unfold, I saw that the common ground was that there didn't seem to be a judge in the land who was going to rule against what I could only call COVID oppression. Mm. To mm. be honest, mm. I mean, I got. A little bit lucky in this because our governor uh it, it just when he when he i'm a concert promoter by trade okay and so at the very start of this i'm not sure why i was the only one that seemed to be screaming this from the mountaintops but they just came right in and just shut it down just shut it down day one I mean, if you want to talk about actionable steps that show no thought whatsoever, it's panic, shut it down instantly. I mean, that is a human panic response. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I was like, well, why are we shutting down? Why, especially when we got to a point later, I, I really got the I told you so opportunity later when they started opening capacities, limited capacities, mm -hmm. because when it closed, why are we not scaling down capacities to closure mm -hmm. instead of an instant closure? Mm -hmm. Just the mere act of scaling it down at the beginning mm -hmm. is going to kind of weed the difference of who's out there spreading and who's going to stay home mm. and, and all of these types of things. I just think it opened up, it would have opened up so many more economic opportunity mm -hmm. that we wouldn't, we're going to be paying for this for so long. I know, I know. It's not, it's not over. We got a lot of work to do to come back out of this. And there's going to be case studies for decades looking back at what could be done. And I, I, I did have issues with just these blanket uh, restrictions and, and not being you know, smarter or more nuanced about it. And I get it that maybe initially when you're trying to flatten the curve and, you know, yeah, so forth, there was, there was, you know, a little bit of like, OK, everybody hold. And then but we didn't move fast enough, I think, on these arbitrary, you know, blanket restrictions where instead of uh, some other ways of, of approaching it, but you know, again, it'll be, it'll yeah, be analyzed we'll, and, we'll cut and it apart forever for decades ever. anyway. So nice to meet you though. Likewise, Thanks for doing this. Jill tolls on the County line. How very, very fascinating and fun to have you here. Uh, you. you just left one heck of a bizarre legislative session for the state <laughs> of Nevada. 
Yes. Is that what we're going to talk about today? Or would you like to talk about like the sauna and fishing and <laughs> other things that aren't that? <laughs> right. So, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Jill Tolls, I represent Assembly District 25. This is my third term. I've been serving in office since 2016. And wow. I think I have the most amazing district in the state of Nevada, but I know probably everyone you have on the show says the same <laughs> thing. But I love that the, my backyard leads to just miles and miles of BLM land. So uh, my, yeah. my black lab and I do a lot of detoxing out on the trail. Uh-huh. We get out, we, we go for miles, hike into the wilderness out there. And I do love to fish and I love to hike and I love, oh um, and so this is uh, 30 days out of session. I'm still detoxing from it. Yeah. It was quite <laughs> an unusual to say the least experience of being uh, in lockdown in the building, I think that for sure one of the things that you lose out on is that engagement with constituents and stakeholders mm. that every day these these laws that we consider and pass are impacting people's lives. And it's, it's critical to never forget that. I'm proud of my colleagues who I, I believe had a good handle on making sure that we were reaching out and listening to people as much as Fair we enough. could every, everywhere we could. But you know, there is something about having them in the building. That's that's my whole story. Wow. Uh, how I got involved in the first place. Was well, I'll say a couple things. First yeah. off, I really like uh, that you are immersed in the district you represent. Mm-hmm. You're not just living there. You understand it. You understand the culture of the district. And, and I think people can sometimes forget. You know, you look at it. It's easy to look at Washoe County or City of Reno or something like that and just lump it as one place. But there's some pretty different areas of town. Yes, uh, absolutely. So you know, to be to be into that and just running, it it, it just makes sense. It's, it gives me a sense that you're there to protect the area that you are in, mm. and, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, I have so many questions about the session and the closed. Yeah. There were so many versions from city hall to school boards to everywhere across that were just boxing the public out entirely, and and I'm just wondering. How did you how did you cope with that in the first place, knowing that you are uh, somebody who's pretty personally uh, connected with with your district and the constituents in there? Well, you you hit the nail on the head that right now COVID disconnected a lot of people. We all went into isolation, you know, to some degree or another, varying degrees mm-hmm. or another, you know, um, depending on your circumstances. And but I I think that it's critical to stay engaged in your community and to constantly remember that that's what you're doing mm. in that building is representing your community and and not just your district but three million of people across the across the state. So mm. um, I I looked down at my phone. You caught me for a second because <laughs> I wanted to give a few stats because I I love numbers and they tell a lot of stories. But please, I thought we were going to look at the alpaca <laughs> in this district uh, or in this legislative session, the 81st legislative session that we just finished May 31st. We had a total of 1,035 bills that were in resolutions that were introduced. So imagine that for just a nanosecond that in 120 oh. days, even though that was less than sessions past, typically it's around 11 to 1200, wow. it's still over a thousand issues that we are attempting to tackle on everything from the death penalty to taxation, to water, to education, to healthcare, to yeah. business, to you know nat- natural resources. And, and needing nine or 10 a day to be talked through, discussed, and resolved. Exactly, exactly. Wow. So out of that, over a thousand bills, um, we had four that were vetoed and 601 were signed into law. 
And so a little over 400, right, were, were eliminated from the process. Many would argue not enough, right? We should all run <laughs> scared when the argument. legislature is in session. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm one of the great many things about this podcast, and, and I, I like to take a minute every time to thank the party here, because I am not a Republican. I'm an independent. And I am horrified at what I, I didn't see hardly anything. They didn't show us hardly anything. And what I did see was so scary. Yeah. Uh, please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off too much, but. No, not at all. No. And, and so a lot of what we do there is to, especially being in the minority, is to really either stop bad bills or um, to get the other party to agree to amend them down so that you can um, reduce any uh, impact that they might have negatively mm-hmm. and then and then try and work on the the good and necessary things that need to be done for right. running a state so uh, the last three sessions that I've served um, I've done a little statistical analysis and it is good for people to know that 50 to 60 percent of bills pass unanimously in both houses Wow because that's basic governance and these are things that we just need to get you know your bread and butter to to address the issues of the state and what's interesting is 90 to 95 percent actually pass with bipartisan support to some degree or another Mm. um and that's something you don't hear very often and i do think it's good to see that historically um there are some things that get worked out Sure. But what we only hear about often are the most explosive, the most complex, the most emotional. Yeah. And um, and we certainly had our, our share of those this session, the things that we, you know, we just dig in on on party lines and, and have to dig in on party lines because mm-hmm. they are going to be damaging to businesses or to mm-hmm. individual rights and liberties and mm-hmm. or costly to taxpayers over the years. And so you saw that with some of the, the health care bills, a, a public mm-hmm. option that's working its way towards a universal socialized medical system that does nothing to attract doctors or increase access to health care, but is costly. And in fact, right now, the vast majority, um, all but I believe 11 percent of our um, residents, and, and don't quote me on that, but <laughs> um, all but a very, very small percentage currently have access to um, insurance or uh, for free or oh. for uh, deeply reduced rates. And so why would we be spending millions, potentially millions of dollars on a whole new system when what we really should be doing is looking at why are people not utilizing what's available to them today? It's in place, yeah. And so those are the examples of things that are just costly to our citizens and don't don't follow common sense guidelines. Do you feel like we're entering a culture where it's more important to a one party or the other that the idea just comes from them than whether or not it's actually a good idea. I can't help but see the reflection in what you just described with the way they treated the development issues here in the city arena. Whenever you're, I mean, it just, it seems like when one guy said infill, 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 he got laughed off the stage. Hmm. And the minute that he they were done laughing because he lost. Hooray, we laughed him off into a loss. Uh, they began infill, 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 and horrible infill. Mm. So now I kind of go, well, you took an idea because you saw that that's the idea people wanted, mm-hmm. and you don't really have the execution skills to put it in place. Mm-hmm. And that sounds similar. Is that is that what you're feeling out there? 
So what I am observing, and I've been in the legislature either as an advocate or as a representative for over a decade now, mm. and it's not just me making this comment. What I am observing is a greater and greater influence of national agendas huh. working their way into our state that have nothing to do with everyday citizens, everyday mm. businesses, everyday families and individuals living out their lives. You know, Nevadans are smart. We, yeah. We've gotten a lot of things right historically. Good and and we have a good, we've got a good, strong libertarian. Just... <laughs> and so let's listen to Nevadans instead of these sort of large D.C. think tanks and um, out-of-state agendas for what they think is best for our state. And yeah. the other thing that I saw that um, is increasingly, I think, detrimental to democracy and really representing the people well is a one-party system and mm. you know where we have one party in the majority Call in both it. houses and in in the executive branch and it doesn't force dialogue and it doesn't force people coming to the table and remembering hey there are other interests here and there are going to be negative impacts if you mm. pass this unilaterally and you need to listen yeah. and understand the whole picture and and so i think that that has been increasingly negative to good decision making and then back to the very first question that you asked which is the presence of of people in the building engaged yeah. thoughtfully in the process um there was a lot of effort and, and in some ways I, to be fair there was a win mm -hmm. there was one little win there by expanding virtual participation got it you had yeah. people that were allowed to testify in hearings that had to be in the building and so that opened before historically and so that opened the door for people who were never able to travel before uh, but uh -huh. not without technical difficulty and i'm sure there's it somebody screaming at the yeah. podcast right now uh, i yeah, tried yeah. three times and i couldn't get through and oh, so trust me we want to get you through you it's want not, to yeah. you have your voice heard because that's what we're there for we're there to represent the people yeah and i think you're really hitting what i feel it's so nice to sit with somebody who is there professionally, been there. I mean, it's very clear to me what an intelligent person you are. It, it's it's very obvious that you're you're the right person to be in the seat. So to be validated in such a way for something I've seen, it's what inspired me to come in here as an independent mm -hmm. and start telling people who are in the middle, it's very, very crucial for Nevada to remain purple. Mm -hmm. This is not a state that does well Mm -mm. heavy one or the other mm -mm. it really doesn't and and it looks different the way it sort of falls apart on either side uh but i can tell you that what i feel in the air right now amongst my community is just so toxic mm. there's so much smug you're wrong and i'm right that you can't even i i have been finding recently in conversations on social media that I can't even get as far as to express what I actually think or feel on a topic because I can't get past the other guy who is so self-righteously married to his opinion, <laughs> right? Right. Well, let me just say public service announcement that I do not believe social media is the place to have complex dialogue about problem solving <laughs> and um, and i do happen to know a couple things about this because i do teach communication studies at the university of nevada i've been doing it for 17 years been studying communication persuasion wow. conflict resolution listening for over 20 years and i can tell you that that's just not a medium for actually problem solving yeah. and so i think we all need to take stock of where we're getting our information from mm. 
Are we being diligent about making sure that we're getting information from credible sources? Are mm -hmm. we listening to all the arguments? Because one of two things is going to happen. Either we find that, oh, maybe our position needs to change a little bit because mm. we didn't have all the facts before, or, hey, I listened to the other side, and I'm even more resolute that my position is right, but guess what? I've now earned the right to convince the other person yeah. and to say with integrity, I've heard all sides of this issue, and this is how I landed where I am, and you're going to have more influence with that other person. And if the, at the end of the day, the, the goal is not to destroy each other or destroy society, right. it's to get to the solution, to the truth and the best solution moving the forward. Compromised. That's that's yeah. where lawmaking happens. That's where policymaking happens. It, amazing what you're saying, because I think that human beings inherently have a little bit of a difficulty recognizing relationship without hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And social media is not a place for healthy discourse, what you get there is whose discourse is going to display the more dominant. I mean, essentially, it turns into old, you know, tribal battles over whose ego is bigger. We have to say ego on here. I think. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a fascinating thing that you talk about, because the more we go down this uh, absorption into bad politics, which I think is kind of what I interpret you described. So at least that's how I would perceive it if I hear that. These national issues kind of come in and distract and, and take away from good policy making. So let me say some good things, though, because I watched, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be the deputy leader of our Assembly Republican Caucus, and mm -hmm. it was um, back to the one party system just to spark on uh, the negative for one more minute. Um, you know, we do, and here's a, a few more statistics for you, if I can pull them up. Um, yeah, I you know, might need the alpaca also. Right, we might need to, <laughs> uh, one little negative, and then we'll get back to the positive, and mm -hmm. that is that, you know, 63% um, of Democrats had their bills and resolutions passed, whereas only 18% of Republicans had their bills and resolutions passed. Whoa. And so then that really shows the difficulty of the, the one-party system essentially controlling what makes its way through yeah. and what doesn't. Um, but on a positive note, as a deputy leader of the Assembly Republican Caucus, I was really proud of a lot of the issues that my colleagues brought forward, and, th and they were successful nice. in our caucus. Um, the ones that did get through uh, were on behalf of constituents with real stories that you know, individuals came to them and said, hey, this is having this impact on my business, or this happened to um, my my mother-in-law, um, you know, during the pandemic and not being able to access her prescription medicine, or, you know, this happened uh, in regards to the substance use issue. And, and, and so it's that kind of legislation we can be so incredibly proud of mm. when we're really putting forward real stories, real issues on behalf of real constituents and citizens in the state of Nevada. And um, we need more of that. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I say that there's, there's people that are there to do the job and people that are only focused on doing the next job. Yeah. And that can kind of corrupt the process. Um, but I'm proud to say that I serve with a lot of people that um, were there to do the job. And even in spite of the really difficult circumstances, we're, we're doing that day in and day out. I think it's incredible what you're saying because I want to rave about this legislative <laughs> session and the crap that got pulled. Right. But at the same time, it's very comforting that you can come in from the side that kind of got their butt handed to them and be able to still say, look, 
most of this was pretty good uh, legislating. This was done in a manner that was fair, 60% governance. I think that is much more important for people to hear than maybe I would have even thought going into an interview like this one. Because we don't want to tear down the state and what we've created as a state over all of this time, uh, simply because we may or may not like it now. Uh, I am incredibly disheartened by the national issues uh, sort of bleeding through into this other stuff. I was shocked that of all the things happening in the legislature over that session, the most news coverage I saw on any given day was about an assembly person's divulgence of their sexuality on the floor. Mm. And I thought, I mean, in my mind, I think that's a perfect thing for your website. I think it's very important that people who may be lost or confused or even just grappling with who they are have a place that they can go where they go, wow, that's somebody I can look up to. And they're doing something that's admirable and it's not out of the ordinary and it, it would allow me to feel like I'm on a, a, you know what I mean? All these things that we have to do to recreate equality in our hierarchy of relationships because we've really thrown that out of balance. I mean, it, it's a constant domination fest out there these days sometimes. Um, and so I think on your website is great for that. But on, on the floor just doesn't seem like the place. This is not, uh, you know, to me it doesn't have the same knee on the field during the anthem right. vibe. Uh, so I don't know. That's the stuff that I'm, I was really, like, frustrated about. And so uh, just sitting with you for a few minutes, it's kind of allowing me to reset myself back to neutral. And, okay, it wasn't all that. <laughs> well, and I think that you identified something crucial when you pointed out that that's what you heard the most about. Mm. And it calls into question, what are we spending our time covering mm. and getting out there versus we've got business to do yeah. in this state. Oh my we've God. got so many important issues that we have got to dig deep on and it's not sexy and it doesn't make a headline and it's yeah. not clickbait, but it, impacts people's lives. And so yep. I'm always going to be the proponent of citizens go engage in the actual process, not what somebody's blogging about the process right. or the email newsletter you're getting about the process. Go watch for yourself, get engaged, Super watch the hearings. Yeah. Now that we have it all available online, there's really no barrier to be mm -hmm. able to see for yourself, watch the hearing, listen to the arguments, um, write questions. Oftentimes, I, I draw a lot of questions I'll ask in a hearing from constituents or stakeholders who um, are saying, hey, from our perspective, this is what we're concerned about, how this mm -hmm. is going to impact us. Will you ask that question in the hearing? And would you, would you work with the sponsor to amend that? Because we're worried this is going to have a negative or this could have a really positive impact. Mm. Let's get this. That's lawmaking. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. that's the good stuff. But you gotta you gotta go straight to the source and go, you know, when it's available, sit in the building. And if it's not available to you geographically or for other reasons, engage online. But go go get directly involved with democracy. Like mm -hmm. the actual real work of civic engagement. And it's that's good. Jill tolls you are so cool, dude. <laughs> I, you you have this great knack for being able to identify what is negative without being negative and then still bring it back to something that isn't toxically positive, right? 
Because that toxic positivity is bad stuff. <laughs> uh, I like that term. Yeah. It doesn't, some, it doesn't get anything done. It doesn't. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I, I rail City Hall for it because all them people, it's always the answer to everything for them is be nice. Stop telling me to be nice. Don't tell me to be nice. Uh, but you really are good at, because you can see it on me. I mean, the second I picture something in negative in my mind, I just want to get all Nevada redneck on, son of a motherless... <laughs> But I appreciate that. It, it it sounds bizarre to say in a way, but you've really captivated my trust as a voter. I don't even know if I can vote for you or not. I have no idea if you're in my district. Uh, but you've captured me. That's. I really hope that you are there a long time because even if things are lopsided and, and off balance in terms of the politics, it is so good to know that somebody's fighting for the balance of things. And not just part. I mean, even as you described it, it's like, yeah, there's some stuff we got to be party line on. But people, what <laughs> else is there? <laughs> well, I always got into this because I realized one day policy impacts people's lives. And that's what it's about. So you got to be dedicated to that. But it's been an honor serving for three terms. And I'm committed. I'm one of those people, just do the job. Don't, don't focus on what's next, so I'm doing the job. <laughs> nice. Well, you have done a great job here with us today. I've had a lot of fun. It was a pleasure to have you here on the County Line, Jill Tolls. Thank you. So great to meet you. Thanks. To make contact with the Washoe County Republican Party or the County Line, please call 775-827-1900 or visit www.washogop.org.